eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Folks, another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider with my guy, my big fella. Man, I wish I had an opportunity to feed this guy in the post, so we just do it (laughs) metaphorically on this podcast on a weekly basis. His name is Tim McCormick. He was a star of Michigan basketball in the early 80s before going on to be a first-round draft pick and where he played for a decade before going on and becoming a broadcaster where he's been one of the best in the game ever since. And now he imparts his wisdom upon us as part of this podcast. Tim, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I love March and I love calling games and I love the smell of the popcorn. Um, Starting Saturday, I have six games in five days. Wow. That just put a huge smile on my face. Um, And the good news is today is March, right? And everything matters more. Um, Practices are more intense. Concentration goes way up in film studies. Guys are laser focused. Uh, The scouting reports get deep. You get more time getting treatment with your trainer. Um, The drive home after practice, you don't listen to the radio, or at least you don't hear it because you're just daydreaming about the next game. Um, Classes, you can't concentrate your 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 mind is all over the place everything's intense and sam trust me in march you don't have to psych yourself up for the next game because you just walk in the building you're ready to go well you know it's funny how you look back a year and michigan was in largely the same position you know having to to finish strong and wondering if they could right and here we are tim I mean, these last three games and the way that they finished them, they were incapable of this earlier in the season, but they found some kind of switch. Because you think about the Michigan State game, that was a tie game, I want to say, with four minutes left. The Rutgers game was a six-point game with four minutes left. They were behind with seconds to go against Wisconsin, right? And they found a way to win every single game, Tim. And so it, it feels like... They're hitting their stride at the right time. You'd rather hit your your stride in March than in January, wouldn't you, Tim? There's a lot of teams in the Big Ten that are starting to fade. And and Michigan, get this, hottest team in the Big Ten. They're the only team with three straight wins. And and I, I think we should be really proud and excited. And, you know, everybody's all into the bracketology right now. I like, I don't follow it that much. I, I've become friends with Joe Lenardi. I, I think okay. he does a great job. He's created an industry for himself. But you can go way back, and I'm sure you remember this, against Penn State. Like, I wasn't obsessed about the fact that we were 11 and 10, and, and it just didn't look probable. 
I what do you remember the number I gave you? I do not remember the number. number nineteen. I said if Michigan gets to nineteen wins, they'll play in the NCAA tournament. That's right. I, okay, I do remember that now. Yes. And and so right now they're at seventeen. They've got two to go. So how do they get there? I'm not sure. They've got to. They probably have to try to split against Illinois, Indiana, win one in the Big Ten. I think they're in. Or if they lose those last two and win two in the Big Ten, I think they'll be in. So yeah. I am. Um, I, I don't I don't care about what North Carolina is doing. I was going to say that yeah. Arizona State. Like I I don't worry about that. And if I'm wrong, I took a shot. It's what I think. But you know it's that's why I just just take care of business. Yeah, you know, look, I, I remember last year and the bracketologists had Michigan out, and they were actually uncomfortably as an 11 seed, right? So, look, I, I think. They did themselves no favors, though. And you talked about this a couple of episodes ago. That Central Michigan game is such an anchor. And so I feel like, you know, I, I feel like it, it's not the same scenario as last year. They have more to overcome, but they're trending towards doing that. You know, I really marvel at how they have been able to rehabilitate the confidence. I want to take you back a couple, couple weeks now, Tim. I talked to Phil Martelli about this. This morning, after the Indiana game, we were all, even observing, we were dejected, right? I remember talking to you after, it's like, how do you lose that game? And Hunter came into the press conference, and he talked about how this just, any progress we made is out the window now. It's down the drain. It's just, you know, we're back at square one, right? You could just see he was just He defeated. just needed a hug. <laughs> he was defeated. <laughs> but, you, but you talked about that. You say, hey, you even – one of the great things about talking to you is you can get into the head of the players because you were there. And you said, Sam, Hunter is feeling sorry for himself. He's frustrated because everyone's all over him. When, and when they lose, everyone's blaming him It's because he's the guy, right? And you could see all of that in that moment. And Juwan came in after the fact. And he's like, well, I don't agree with what he said or what, what Hunter said. You know, we made progress. We just got to – we got to bounce back. We got to put that progress back to use in an effective way on the court. And what I thought in that moment was Hunter was honest. I mean, that, that was a huge setback. But Juwan was right in that in the midst of a huge setback and belief is fading everywhere around you. You as the leader got to give them some belief. You, you got to show belief even if you don't believe yourself. And I wondered how they were going to coach that back into him and obviously they were able to do that too. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, it, a really important word is perspective. And you know who's really down right now? Purdue. <laughs> because Purdue's not playing real well. But from, from our perspective, we're thinking, wow, they're going to be Big Ten champs. That's incredible. Um, Illinois has lost three out of five. They, that's horrible. They they must be really sad. Well, right and they now they lost to Ohio firmly... State, and they lost to a. Let's put let's yeah, put that in yeah. bright light. They lost to Ohio State. Do you know how bad Ohio State has been? And They're they beat horrible. Illinois. Yeah, but but you know I um I I love the fact that sports teaches you character and adversity management, and you know Hunter spoke his mind, and then I bet the next day he was like, "Man, we can do this. We're right. we're right back where we need to be." And another thing I want to say, Sam, about the NCAA tournament, why I think that ultimately, you know, even though Central Michigan was a putrid performance and, and the, the committee is going to hate it, I still think 
that brand matters. Really? The NCAA tournament loves the Blue Bloods, and Michigan has made five straight Sweet 16s. They've got a brand. And I, I found this stat. I thought it was pretty interesting. Since 1985, only six schools have ever made five straight Sweet 16s. So when I talk about Blue Bloods, listen to these names. Duke, Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Michigan. You know? And so massive crowds on TV. The the ratings are through the roof. Um, We've got a villain at center, and a lot of people know who he is, and they like watching him. And we've got two potential lottery picks on the wing. If it's close... Sam, Michigan's going to get in. Okay. Well, hey, man, they got to keep doing what they've been doing. So let's get into this this, uh, Wisconsin game. I sort of laid it out where tie game with Michigan State four minutes to go. You close them out. Six-point game four minutes to go against Rutgers. You close them out. You are – you're the better team uh, for the better part of 35 minutes against Wisconsin, but they keep hanging around. And when you let a team hang around, Tim, there's just – they have a way of coming back on you and with coming back to bite you. And Wisconsin did that. And they were up in this game late. Every reason to think that, man, this is going to be one of those heartbreaking defeats. And they snatched a uh, victory from the claws of defeat in that game, courtesy of a big shot from Hunter Dickinson. Wow. And Sam, I, um, I broadcast pretty much every weekend, but I was off on Saturday and I went to the game and I had the best day. I loved it. Um, I, I got to sit next to Richard Relford and Jimmy King. That's cool. Um, Mike Hart was right across the aisle. What a legend. And the crowd was electric. Strong opponent. Um, so much at stake. It was so special. And Hunter Dickinson is one of the best centers in Michigan history. Now he has his Jordan Poole moment. You know, <laughs> same area. Not quite as deep. Stakes not quite as high. But to me, like he's he's a legend because of that shot. Because I'm never going to forget it in my lifetime. Um, so many observations from the game. Hunter, Doug, and Kobe. See, they combined for 71 points. That's crazy. And Wisconsin only scored 79 as a team. Um, I thought Wisconsin's really good. They played well. They played hard. I, I look at their record and it surprises me. Um, their guards are tough. Michigan shot so well. I think they're right at 40, I think 49%. They only missed four free throws, like plus 11 from the line. And Kobe Bufkin, man, that guy's a star in the making. The composure that he had was so good. And and Sam, I, w- I was thinking back, um, man, I, I've been all over the board, and I've been so wrong on Kobe Bufkin um, in so many ways. Like, like originally – I said after watching him practice, he reminded me of a smaller version of Calbert Chaney from Indiana. Um, you know, that that's unfair. Calbert Chaney is one of the all-time great wings. And then earlier this year, I was getting frustrated because I just didn't think the guy could make a shot. Like, he, he was so erratic. But now all of a sudden, with the game on the line, down to um, what a great play, right side of the court, and, and, and Kobe – took Klesmet and that was that was an NBA caliber jump shot. Like that was Mitch Richmond. That was Rolando Blackman. Like Ooh, like two or three back. dribbles, pull up, 
that was so clutch, man. I was I was fired up. Mitch Richmond. See, they don't know about see the young kids don't know about run TMC back with Golden State. You had Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen, or Rolando Blackman. Those Dallas Maverick teams with Rolando Blackman and Derek Harper and Sam Perkins. You know, you think about Roy Tarpley was on that team. I mean, they had some some dogs just couldn't get past the Lakers. I digress. You take me back, Tim. You get me all fired up. Yeah, not many can look and and when I when I think of what great guards are, Kobe's got a lot of intangibles. And if he gets a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, and if he comes back, that guy is a lottery pick. Yeah. I, so- I mean, I, I saw it in person. And sometimes when you watch on TV, you think, man, he's good. When you watch them in person, you see a whole different deal. And and Kobe, like I walked away, my eyes were wide open. And Hunter's shot was, was pretty amazing. And it was it was neat. Sam, you've been there where sometimes you're sitting in a line of vision where the ball is coming right at you. Like the ball and the rim were, were right there and I had a perfect view of it. And it looked like it was going in the second he let it go. That was an unbelievable shot. That bucket by Kobe was just as impressive to me. Yeah, so a couple of things. So 95 to 99% of the time, Tim, you are bringing not just the listeners, the, the viewers' perspective, you're bringing me perspective. Mm-hmm. But on Kobe, this is that 1%, Tim. This is that 1%. Because I, <laughs> I kept saying, you Tim. Told it. You saw it. <laughs> I kept saying, Tim, Kobe's going to be okay. Kobe yeah. can shoot. He's going to be fine. He, he, it's a confidence thing, right? Because if you watched him in high school, this is what you saw. What you see him doing right now, he can go both ways off the bounce. Pull-up is an effective weapon. He can stick threes. You know, a little bit of a streak. Not a, not a dead-eye shooter, but you got to respect him. you got to close out on him because he can make open jump shots. He can score in bunches, and we saw it. You saw it in workouts against Imani Bates. He was going toe-to-toe with, with Imani Bates in, in workouts. But you, I mean, you look at him last season, and it was humbling. It was a humbling experience for him. Clearly could not stay on the floor because of defense. Spent all of last season working on that, right? You come into this season, right, and you, you expect to be this off-ball guy. And next thing you know, and, and Jet, he's coming in, he's – taking a lot of the the attention as far as offensive uh, uh, hierarchy is concerned, and then suddenly it's thrust upon you to have to do more as a ball handler, to have to do more as a scorer, and it's a lot to adjust to. It just took him some time, but what we're seeing from Kobe right now is a guy who moves like he was moving in high school, the swagger, the confidence is there. You saw All that work that he put in is finally paying off, and he's just playing now. He's looking yeah. like that two-and-done guy, I don't want him to be two-and-done unless that's really what he feels is best for him. But I said this is a two-and-done guy when I, when I saw him, and he very well could be based on the way that he's playing right now. So I, I remember a matchup, Keegan Murray against Caleb Houston, okay? And Keegan stayed around. He let his game develop, and he comes into the NBA – and he's probably all rookie team, and he's on pace to break the all-time Kings three-point record for a rookie. And Caleb Houston, good player, good future, just not ready yet. And so he's G League, he's on the bench, DNP. Like when you go there, you want to be ready. And if you're if you're a top ten pick, 
the NBA is bringing you in to play minutes right away. And so Kobe and Jet, you know, develop your games, go in with that swagger and that confidence like I'm taking somebody's minutes. I want to be in the rookie sophomore game. I want to be iconic. I want little kids wearing my jersey. Like that's what it's all about. And 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 they've got that potential, but they're not quite there yet. And that that leads me to a question I want to ask you. So, you know, Jet's name's been out there. A lot of people think he's a lottery pick. Kobe's name is kind of entering that maybe first round, who knows? Like, can you see a scenario where Kobe passes Jet and would someday be drafted higher than him? So a couple of things. Let's let's because you said a lot. Let's let's rewind. Okay. I agree with you that if Kobe comes back, he's a lottery pick. To, to me, I see trajectory-wise, he's he's what Jay Nivey was. So Jay Nivey, after his freshman year, could have gone. He could have gone and, and maybe snuck into late in the first round. You come back a year later, Tim, and you are a lottery pick. Now, he's not – the game is not the same. I think Jaden is is faster off the bounce. He's more He's more blow, more twitchy. In that regard, but my point is, Kobe coming back next year with what he's put on wax already and taking it to another level, another level physically, another level as a defender, and now you see a season of him offensively where pull-up, got it, three-pointer from the corner, got it, and you know he can get he can get downhill both ways. You do that over the course of a season now, and, yeah, they're pulling you up into the lottery, getting to your, your current question now, Jet versus Kobe. I think right now it would still be Jet because mm-hmm. I, I think the scouts you see six seven six eight and a lights out shooter. And if you can be a lights out shooter in the NBA, they will find where they drafted Caleb Houston, Tim. And this is no disrespect to, to Caleb, but I didn't see anything that made me think that he was going to be drafted last year. But they thought he could shoot. Well, Jet is a better shooter in the year that he's been in college than Caleb was in the year that he was in college. And he's 6'7", and he could put the put it on the deck better. I just think right now they would take him. But, man, you move it down a year, and I think it, it might be a crapshoot at that point because what Kobe can do, Kobe can run a team. He's going to be stronger physically. You're going to like Kobe better defensively. Jets are work in progress. I think he's going to be better down the line, but I just think athletically guarding quickness off the bounce is going to be something that Kobe is better equipped at doing. And I could see it being a, you know, a choose your own adventure type of deal for whoever the GM is thinking that either one of these guys could be a really, really good pro in the lottery. So right now I think jet a year from now, I think it could be a toss up. So, you know, who, um, who jet reminds me a little of if I had to do a comparison, Duncan Robinson. Ah, see, I can't, ah, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I, okay, let me explain it. Like, I know, I know that Jet is a way better athlete and he's able to put the ball on the floor a little bit, but right now when he's playing, playing, you know, his best games, he's knocking down threes and his, his shot is repeatable. He's got deep range. The defense is not there and it, it may never be there. Um, and so I think that, and, and trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of jet. I love the kid. 
Um, he, he's had a really good year, and I think he's improved a lot. And Duncan Robinson got a deal for $90 million because of he what did. he can do. He did. Um, Sam, let me, let me throw out another thought. And this is based on me being in the building and just sitting and watching. So I was there about 30 minutes early, and I was really interested to see how Jet looked because nobody knew if he was going to play. And he was shooting threes, and, and he was shooting from about 35 feet. And he was nailing them. He he probably made eight out of ten when I was really focused. And it, 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 it looked a lot like like Jordan Poole, like the release and the looseness with the way he was was playing. And then the game started, and he he wasn't playing. And I was watching him closely, and he was jogging around, and he was you know he was jumping up and down after big plays. And I thought, man, like. There's two weeks to go in the season. This is a must win. And I just thought if you can bounce around like he was bouncing and and he was shooting like that and he was jogging around, like, man, I mean, I, I don't want to question Michigan's medical staff. And I definitely don't question Jet because I know he wanted to play. But it just made me wonder, why isn't he out there playing? You know, like if you can't play, it's because you're in a boot or you're on crutches, or especially this time of year. I don't know if you think that's unfair, but man, that seemed like a game he could have played. Yeah, and look, he he was the first one off the bench when Hunter Hunter shot his shot. He was up he when the ball was in flight, he must have saw it like you, Tim, knowing immediately that that was going in because he jumped off the bench, arms were up, and then when it went through the net, he jumped up twice. So I felt like you, oh yeah. He he probably could have played in this game. I feel like he definitely will play in this upcoming these upcoming uh games, but I, I could only – I don't have any inside information on this, but what I suspect is that they said, you know, one more game and he's here for the duration versus he plays now and maybe it hinders him the rest of the way. So, uh, hey, they they were able to get it done, and maybe and maybe that was the other part of it. We, we can also get it done without him. They almost didn't, but it worked <laughs> out. But I, I got to get back to your Duncan Robinson comparison. <laughs> here we go. Look. He maybe, maybe as a shooter, they will wind up being comparable, which would be an extreme compliment to, to Jet. That if you, because Duncan Robinson is one of the all time great shooters in, in Michigan history, and Jet may wind up being that too in the grand same scheme of things. Size, right. Same size. Too. I didn't same, mention that. Same size. But don't disrespect <laughs> to Duncan. He never, even in practice, put it on the deck the way that. That, that Jet can, and I'm not saying that Jet is this super off-the-dribble guy, but Duncan has none of that in his game. And right. you think about the, the progress that Jet has made in that area since, you know, you know, summer between junior and sophomore year where he was all one way, all right-handed dribble, all right-handed drives. Now you see him more comfortable going the other way. Now he has to show the ability to do it against good defense, against physicality, against quickness. It's different, right? I mean, it's different doing it against, you know, not very good teams. Can you do it against really good teams that are going to get up in you and crowd you defensively? That's the next step in his progression. But based on the progress that we've seen so far, I'm actually confident that there's another level there. And the same thing when you you talk about him defensively, what were we saying about Kobe last year? I mean, if you watch Kobe Bufkin play defense last year – 
you yeah. you might have questioned, will it ever be there? <laughs> will he yeah. ever be able to guard anybody? And look at him this year. Now, do I think that Jet is going to be the defender that Kobe becomes? No. But I think he'll be a better defender than Duncan Robinson. Again, no disrespect intended to Duncan. I just think that Jet is a, a hair better athletically, and it gives him more defensive upside. And and last one on this point, Tim, last game before he went out, I saw Jet play more defense in the 20 or so minutes that he played against Michigan State than I saw him play all season. Part of it is focus and want to and commitment on that end of the floor as well. And there was just a different type of energy from him defensively in that game. And that's another thing that tells me it's in there. Just got to bring it out more consistently. Man, I knew that this this comparison <laughs> was going to get you all riled up. That was fun. <laughs> oh, no, and, and please, please don't don't get. I don't want any messages from from Duncan or anybody. I wasn't disrespecting Duncan at all. I think Duncan is a great all time shooter. Ninety million dollar man. A, an amazing story. D three to Michigan to you know ninety million dollar contract. But I I I, I can't see. I can't yeah. see that comparison beyond them as shooters. Okay, all right. No, I, I think um, I'll I'll stand by it. I, I'm not I'm not saying that 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 Duncan's a better player. I think Jets got way more upside, but I will say this: they're both six seven shooters that are not known for their defensive prowess, <laughs> and and I think that that they they um they are both emerging as being able to put the ball on the floor one maybe two dribbles and so just keep an eye on it hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com so how about this as a as a dynamic tim you know this this team defensively has a different focus on that end of the floor and if you're jet and you come back and you aren't showing that same kind of energy i mean there there's an accountability on the floor. I mean, he said he said his dad is on him all the time. Tell him, you know, you're soft. You're you're not physical enough. You're not tough enough. Jet, you aren't try. You aren't going hard enough on defense. But if your teammates are echoing that sentiment, man, there's there's an accountability in that. So that's one. That's another thing that makes me believe that the way we saw him play against Michigan State when his jump shot wasn't falling, but you saw Jet hitting the defensive glass. You saw Jet defending in transition. You saw him playing the whole game and not just the offensive part of the game, it makes me believe or have confidence that we're going to see him pick up where he left off in just that one game when he comes back from injury in this next one. 
Yeah, Jets got star power all over him. And and he's gonna be a great NBA player. And 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 I do think that that he's athletic enough that that he is going to be a better and um a better defensive player than he has shown. Um, but you're right. The Wisconsin game was the best 40 minute effort. I, there were a couple stretches that that they struggled, but for the most part, they played you know 38 to 40 minutes of good defense. And when I say that, they were connected. They were switching a lot of screens, and the guys just seemed to know when to switch and who to switch on to. Um, I think that Terrace played really well defensively. That guy is active, and he helps on the boards. He gives them swagger. And and you're right if if Jet does not defend up to the standards of Kobe and Doug, and if he's missing some rotations, those guys have have felt what it's like to be on top of their defensive game. They'll call him out, and his coaches will too. I I think that um I think it's going to be a fun thing to watch tomorrow against Illinois. You pointed out something else, uh, and it's worthy of highlighting. Phil highlighted the same thing. Doug on the defensive end of the floor. Let's give him credit. So as much as I was touting Kobe's a pro, Kobe's going to be two and done. I hope it's three and done if that's, you know, as long as that's what he wants to do as well. But I didn't see the way that Doug is playing these last three games. I'm going to admit to you and to everyone watching right now, I didn't see this. And when I say I didn't see this, I'm not talking about just in his freshman year. I didn't see this at all. The the way that he is shooting the basketball, not just – three-pointers, but, you know, mid-range, pull up, getting to the rim, and then being a a pest on the defensive end of the floor in the half court with his quickness and quick hands, the the turnover he caused, you know, kind of swiping the ball when they dumped it down in the post. This level of play from Doug McDaniel these last three games, that's a level that I didn't know he had in him. I got to give that young fella a whole lot of credit. Yeah. And how important is it the minutes that I mean, that gives you confidence when you look over there at the bench, and you know, there is nobody coming in for you. You know, it helps you to fight through some things. And I I mean, I, I, I just can't find anything else to say about him that it's not incredibly impressive. I've, I've praised him all year because to be a freshman and to play 38 minutes a game and and to have to to keep that energy level up. And he's playing a position that's high energy. I mean, you're there's a lot of good guards in this league, and it's very physical, and they're running him off screens and fan club. I, I'm I'm a member. Yeah, man. They they yeah. You, know, you got to sustain it. You got to keep it up. Uh, but I like that he's trending up at the end of the year. You wonder with Purdue. Remember we were touting their freshman backcourt early in the year how they were playing like vets, and you wonder if they if they maybe hit a wall. Right. Whereas you look at you, you look at Doug and, and Kobe, too, but but Doug, especially as a freshman and you, you I mean, maybe he's just he's just hitting his stride. And I'd rather it be that way. I'd rather they hit their stride at the end of the season the way that, that Doug is, which brings us into basically the biggest tests of the season for them now with everything on the line on the road at Illinois, on the road at Indiana. Let's start with Illinois, a team they haven't seen be, uh, yet this season. And a team that, when they're on, one of the most explosive scoring teams in the country. When they're off, they can lose to Ohio State, which, if I'm not mistaken, Ohio State had lost like nine straight. They were 1-14 in their last 15 games. And they beat Illinois, and they beat Illinois comfortably. 
Tim, just Illinois wouldn't stop jacking, even though the threes weren't falling. So they could be that team too. Yeah, Illinois doesn't scare me. They've lost three out of five. They're a good team. Um, it gets really loud there. I think their guard plays pretty good. And when when I think about playing Illinois, um, it, it's going to be hard to predict what they bring. They they lost to Penn State and Indiana. They beat Minnesota and Northwestern. They lost to Ohio State. Like, who's going to show up? They're really struggling with their three-point shooting. But I, I do think that for whatever reason, they have a real hatred against Michigan. Their, their crowd is going to be electrifying. They're dangerous. They're puzzling. I like Taryn Shannon, Matthew Meyer. I, I think that they'll both be on some of the all Big Ten teams. Um, they're going to double-team Hunter. The 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 um the the fact that that Hunter has to be the villain. Like I last week, I, I maybe I was a little bit hard on him by saying that <laughs> you know I don't like him wearing black ski masks into the arena and and jacking up the crowd. I, but if if that's what it takes in this game, you know, do what you need to do because if Jet and Kobe and Doug are good and Michigan Michigan gets the normal production out of Hunter. I think they'll win this game. You know, here's a different take on on that. I, I told you last week, I, I love that part of Hunter, right? That's <laughs> If I was 7-1, if I was Tim McCormick, that's who I'd be. I'd be yeah. like Hunter Dickinson, right? That'd be me kind of talking all the time because that, that would get me fired up. But I also think, especially in a road venue like that, he's taking all the pressure on him. It's taking the, the, the pressure off the the other guys they're booing Hunter when Hunter they're focused on Hunter and what he does they aren't focused on Dougie and and Jed and and Kobe and all the other guys so it, it can be of benefit to his teammates when he does that uh, the the other piece of it is if that's not you if you don't get down like that just don't participate don't participate in the talking because that'll get you stay in your lane stay with your game. And I think that's what the other guys do. Kobe doesn't talk, right? He just goes out there and plays. But, you know, it's the, the yin, he's the yin to, to Hunter's yang, if you will. So we'll, we'll see how it goes on the road uh, at Illinois. Also, uh, you know, you talk about the three-point shooting prowess that we've seen from that team. Matt, Matthew Mayer was three for ten against Ohio State. Like, that's, that's the thing that sticks out to me about that, that team. If Michigan – cannot let them get off to a hot start. Like, I mean, just the way that Phil talked about it, he said, you, you got to know from the tip, it is going to be a physically intense game. They're going to be on top of their game. If you can withstand the, the first salvo, if you will, this is a team that will, they will play some bad offense. And that's what they did against Ohio State. They play really, really bad offense. Shot selection, I thought, was very poor. Can you force them into that if you're Michigan, even though you're on the road, will be a big, big test. Tests yeah. don't stop there, Tim, because then you go on the road to at Bloomington, another team that, you know, they've they swept Purdue this season, but then they've had some they've had some losses that you wouldn't expect them to have of late. You know, sometimes a, a player will get on such a hot streak that they'll take you to improbable heights over a short period of time. Trace Jackson Davis was so dominant for about a two-week period, and it made you feel like this is the best player in the country right now. 
And I, I think you could make that argument during that two weeks. There was nobody that was better. I mean, he was putting up 30 points against double teams and grabbing every rebound and blocking shots. But that's not him right now. I mean, he's still a great player. But I don't expect him to get the best of Hunter Dickinson. Um, when you think about a lot to play for Indiana still, they got smoked last night by Iowa. Yeah, like, I, I just I, – I couldn't believe it. And if you're thinking Big Ten tournament right now, who's your favorite? It, it's got to be, it's got to be Purdue, Purdue, right? Still Purdue. But if you're looking for an outlier, it's Iowa. Like what they did at the end of the Michigan State game, <laughs> what they did in Bloomington, they they are all scoring. They've got star power. Their coach is going to stare at a referee every now and then. Like <laughs> like this is a team that's really dangerous. The Big Ten tournament. I don't think I've ever seen it this wide open. So a couple of things. You're absolutely right. They they beat the brakes off of Indiana. Uh, and this, you remember a couple games ago, Michigan State got Indiana by double digits as well. So they just, they aren't the same team right now. That's not to say it's going to be a cakewalk for Michigan, anything. But uh, when they go down there, it's going to be a tough game. But this is not, this is not the task that it, it would have been two weeks ago. It's a winnable game. For, for Michigan. Your other point about Iowa, miraculous comeback. One of I think they said it's only four times in the history of college basketball has a team done what Iowa did down double digits with a minute to go to come back and beat Michigan State like they did. And then, like you said, what they just did to Indiana. But to win a tournament, I mean, to, to have sustained success, you're going to have to guard at some point. And it's why I can never pick Iowa to win anything of significance. Because in all of Fran McCaffrey's years, I've never known that to be a team that can mount something consistently defensively. So maybe this is the year where they'll find it, or maybe this is the year where they won't need to do so. But history is guiding me here saying they'll have some moment where they have to guard you and they can't. And that's why I won't pick them to win the Big Ten tournament. Is why I won't pick them to win the NCAA tournament either, even though they have the firepower to go uh, to win the Big Ten tournament and go far in the big dance. Well, when when you when you think about Illinois, I'm sorry, Iowa, um, they they lost at Wisconsin and scored 52, and then they win at Indiana and score 90. But once again, I said I pick Purdue. Okay, uh-huh. but when you talk about the rest of the conference, it's a mess. It is. And like at the top, Maryland and Northwestern in second place. Are you going to think confidently that either one of those team teams can win multiple games? I don't. Um, I, I mean, I like them. They've had a really good year, but I've watched them for decades losing. Not as much Maryland, but Northwestern. I can't I can't believe that that they're really a serious contender. They're good. Great season. I just don't see it. Um, who's Indiana? You give up 90 at home to Iowa in a game they need to win. Um, I, I think that Indiana, to me, they've got 19 wins. They they have a lot of work to go. They've got some firepower. They're dangerous. But their defense is hit and miss, too. I'm never sure. Um, Michigan State, Penn State can beat anybody, but they can be mediocre, too. I don't trust their their offense at all. Their defense is really good, but they have way too many droughts. So, 
I have no idea other than Purdue who I would pick. I, I definitely would pick Purdue. It's a big year for Paint, man. I, I think we – you remember we had that discussion a couple of years ago, who's the best coach in the Big Ten, and Paint was, was my guy. What, what critics would say is when is he going to win the big one? And, I mean, it's all in front of him. He has the toughest player in the country to stop. Uh, he's done a great job of growing up his backcourt. They will guard you. Uh, you know, they can, they can play in the half court. They can get up and down. They're a versatile team, but you, you've seen uh, an Indiana team uh, kind of really exploit them with Trace Jackson Davis and, and the quickness at the five spot, uh, especially. You wonder if, if that'll be something that is an Achilles heel moving forward and if these freshman guards uh, can return to, you know, early season form where they were looking like veterans. One more word on, on Iowa. I think the key to them is Peyton Sanford. What, what, which one are you going to see? You know, can is he going to be that guy that for the first part of the Big Ten schedule couldn't throw it in the ocean? Or is he going to be that guy and, you know, like he was against Michigan where he's like four for five, four for six or seven from three. I think the game before that he was hot from three. He's just been so up and down. You don't know which one he's going to be. If he can be that guy that he was against Iowa, I mean against Michigan and whoever they played before Michigan, I think it was Rutgers where he really uh, went off. And then, like Michigan State, if he can be that Peyton Sanford, man, or, or or against like he was against Indiana, they can go a long way. I just, I, I'm just not confident that he's going to be a guy that can be consistent for them. I'm not confident they're going to play defense. So, but about Michigan, put it on the line, Tim. Put it on the line. They yeah, play, I they, think... they play, they play Illinois, they play Indiana on the road. Make the call. What happens in these games? I think that Illinois wins a single-digit game against Michigan. Um, I, I just I think that 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 environment is going to be too big for so many young players. Um, I I think that Indiana is going to be a pick 'em. I, I don't think Indiana hates Michigan. Um, I think that Trace Jackson Davis is a is a tough matchup for Hunter Dickinson. I can see Michigan winning that. Um, if they don't, I still think Michigan can win two in the Big Ten and get to the NCAA. Yeah, I, I got to split. As, I think it's going to be a tight game in Champaign, really tight game in Champaign. First game back for Jet. Um, I should go with a split. My my head is telling me a split. My heart is telling me Michigan's going to get both of these games with the way, <laughs> with the way this backcourt is playing, man. No, that's good. You know what? Whether it happens or not, I, I mean, I'll give you credit for that one if you're right. All right, that's you know good. what? I, look, look. Let me, not, let me not mince words, all right? The way this backcourt is playing right now, and with Jet coming back and I think kind of getting with the program, like the like the the program that they've been playing without him, Michigan's gonna get both of these games, Tim. Wow. Okay. Michigan's gonna get okay. both these games. Let me write. I'm writing this down write right down. now. Okay. Write it down. Just just like you'll hold me if I if I if I dog Kobe <laughs> shooting at the beginning of the year, you'll you'll bring it up again two months later. This so backcourt guard play, Tim. Guard play, and it, it's amazing how much. He, not easier, but how much easier the game is for a guy, for, for Hunter. I mean, I think that's a part of his confidence right now is he can look and see, I don't have to do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. And now if you double him, now it's guys actually out there making you pay. 
Okay. So if, if you're right, we're going to change the name from the Michigan Insider to the Sam Webb Podcast. Okay. We're just going to change the no, name. No, we won't. No, we won't. This is the Michigan Insider <laughs> Podcast with Tim McCormick, Michigan Basketball Insider with Tim McCormick. But hey, we can have a prognostication segment. I don't mind doing that if this works out. But I, I just. Well, if you're right, Michigan may be the Big Ten champs if Purdue loses twice. Well, they, <laughs> they'll be. <laughs> They'll be the two. If they win both games, they'll be the two. I think they'll be the two seed in the okay. Big Ten tournament. Is I think what it what it'll be. But I'm so I don't even know do, if if that's the case. Do you want the double bye? I think Michigan needs wins, right? Like you, oh no, if they you, get these two games, I think they're in. Okay, I, I think right. I think you're right, you, Tim. That's I'm. See now I'm going with you. You said the magic number is 19, right? Yeah. So they get these next two. They're at 19. All right, that's good. That's good. I I love it though. Six six straight Sweet Sixteens. Let's get like as long as we're gonna make bold predictions. They're not gonna get in the tournament. They're gonna win and get to the Sweet Sixteen too. <laughs> All right, folks, tell us in the comments what you think. Uh, I mean, are you how are you feeling about this team? How how would who would you draft? All the questions that Tim put up. You know, who's gonna go higher if they come back next year versus now? If they both came out now, Kobe and Jet, who's higher? If they both wait till next year. Who's higher? How does Michigan finish this regular season at Illinois and at Indiana? Drop them in the comments. What do you think of Tim's comparison? Duncan Robinson, Jet Howard. What say you? I'm interested in seeing these comments. Uh, We're going to be reading them. We'll talk about it next week. Until then, folks, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Of course, you can watch us on YouTube. If you like these videos, be sure to like this one. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get a notification every time we do a new episode. And then, of course, where it all goes down, the MichiganInsider.com. That's where football, basketball, and recruiting, all the updates, all the spring ball, spring practice rumblings, which we're rolling out. You can find that over on TMI, and $1 gets you in your first month. When you become a full-paying member, you also get a Paramount Plus subscription. And I got to tell you, there are a couple of great shows on Paramount Plus, 1923, highly recommended. If you like Yellowstone, you'll love 1923. Then, of course, the mayor of Kingstown, Northern Michigan Prison, Jeremy Renner. Hope he's all right. Hope he can get back to a normal life and eventually uh, do work because he's great on that show. Mayor of Kingstown, highly recommended over on Paramount Plus. See you next time, folks, on another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.